Welcome to the Barry Trammell Show. We've got a great guest, Brigham Young Athletic Director Tom Homo, who has lived a football life, and his latest journey is shepherding Brigham Young University into the Big 12. Tom will join us. But first, we want to thank our sponsors for the Barry Trammell Show, Next Generation Roofing, Two Fellas Moving, Weedman Lawn Service, FireLakeJobs.com, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and Oklahoma's 988 Helpline. Let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move. But we know two fellas that love moving. At Two Fellas Moving Company, they offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With over 20 years' experience, they've pretty much moved it all. Their services don't end at moving, either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? They have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free, and there are no strings attached. If you're moving to Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. So welcome to the show, Tom Holmo, Brigham Young's athletic director, who has led the Cougars into the Big 12 in the middle of their first season. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Barry. It's good to be with you again. Well, now we've got a crazy, we've got a crazy uh, back-to-back here. Uh, you've avoided the Oklahoma teams uh, all season. You're going to finish the year with the Cowboys and the Sooners. Sooners in Provo this Saturday. Come to Stillwater next Saturday. I just wanted to talk about Brigham Young's first year, uh, the journey to get BYU into the conference, and, and what the future holds. Uh, first of all, Tom, tell us, from your perspective, as, as the guy who leads BYU Athletics, what have been your impressions here through these first three or four months in the Big 12? You know, I, I think in hindsight from this point, it's probably more realistic about how they were going to go. Um, when you get invited into the Big 12 and we had had some success in the past years as an independent, I knew that it would be a difficult chore. And so did our uh, football coach and all our coaches for that matter. I've tried to prepare all of our coaches for a change, a transition. But I think now that we're two weeks to go, um, at, at least in football, everybody's saying, oh, okay, this is what the Big 12 is all about. Super physical games, very difficult to play on the road, and you have to have good depth. And those are a couple things right now that we're dealing with, and we're just going to have to learn from this first year. Of course, uh, Cougars are five and five. You went to Fayetteville in the non-conference, beat the Razorbacks. Um, anybody that wasn't anybody in the Big Twelve that wasn't sold on BYU certainly jumped on the bandwagon. You beat an SEC team, and uh, you make friends fast in Big Twelve country. Um, but is the case of this five and five record need an upset to knock off the Sooners or the Cowboys? How important would it be to make a bowl game, become bowl eligible here in year one? It's it's important for every team, and I think teams that say that it's not are fooling themselves because you can always use the extra practice. I think some teams are disappointed at their standing if they sneak in at six wins, but for a team like BYU and for the transition that we're making, we take it in a for in a second, and uh, you know we're gonna keep the. Um, hope the magic stays alive and we can pull one off in the next two weeks. Of course, um, you know, I've been to Provo, came out a year and a half ago, thoroughly enjoyed myself, immersed myself in 
in all things BYU athletics. Uh, circling this, circling this weekend coming up for a long time. A lot of Sooner fans coming to Provo. Uh, that's the, selected that game as the as their non as their uh, one road trip to make. Uh, tell us a little bit about the about the BYU game day experience and and what makes Brigham Young such a special venue. Lavelle Edwards Stadium, sitting there, you know, hard next to the mountains. What makes BYU such a special place to visit for football? There's many things, Barry, and, and I would say right off the bat that fans that haven't been here, they'll enjoy it. They'll like it. There's no telling how the weather's going to be. It could be very cold. We're, you know, kicking off at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, so uh, bring, your, bring your long johns. But I think there's a number of things. One, BYU has a great tradition in college football. If you look at it in the last, I want to say, 50 years, we're in the top 10 in number of wins in the last 50 years. People don't realize that. But when that's the case, you're going to have a lot of fans. You're going to have a lot of support. You're going to have people that come to the games. Cougar Nation is across the nation. When we go anywhere in the Big 12, people at those Big 12 stadiums are saying, we've never seen anybody in here except four, and then they say who their rival is. And so I'm super proud and grateful for the Cougar fans. So here in Provo or in Utah, because teams will come like, I guess, in um, Stillwater or in Norman, they're going to have fans coming from the different states driving in every week, and that's how it'll be here. You're going to find a location where the mountains are gorgeous and the sky is blue. You got rivers and canyons and the trees are still a little bit fall. You're going to, it's not quite winter yet. You're going to see a stadium, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where when, when uh, Sooner fans come in, I don't know what they're used to, but the BYU fans will be friendly. Now, the fact that they're a little bit ornery that we haven't played well the last couple of weeks, they might not be quite as, quite as friendly. But our fans are friendly to teams that come in, especially Big 12 this year. Our fans are super grateful and happy that we are in the Big 12. So they're looking at this, at least this first year, as almost like they're giddy that you see the teams that come in to play us. And to have Oklahoma come in for our senior day, our last day, they're going to be thrilled. They'll, we'll do some things in the stadium that you won't be used to. They won't boo the teams when they run onto the field. They'll greet the fans. You know, you might have heard by now that between the third and fourth quarter, they're going to get ice cream <laughs> given to the, everybody in the in the Oklahoma stands. Um, our band will play the Oklahoma fight song in the pregame. And those are just things that we believe in, that we feel college football is a celebration. We feel that everything leading up to the game should be uh, – it should be collegial, should not always be jovial, but it would be um, in, in good jest, in great sportsmanship. Come the game, I can't count on all our fans to be that way because it's a game. And we're, we're going to try to put a good team on the field. And then after the game, we'll stand out there with the opposing team and we'll celebrate again that we had a chance to play. And so one of the things I said at our introductory press conference was BYU intends to be a great, not a good, we want to be a great partner in the Big 12. And um, I think that we've received very, very warm um, responses on the road where we've played and from teams that have been out here. So 
Sooner fans will have a good time out here. You mentioned the uh, the 10 a.m. kickoff uh, last Saturday. You had the uh, 8.15 Utah time, 9.15 our time. I was actually in Florida, 10.15 kickoff out there. Um, so you've had the extremes here on consecutive Saturdays. When I was in Provo uh, last year, a lot of people talked to me how glorious uh, the uh, the BYU football experience is in the, in mid-afternoon kickoffs, 2.30, 1.30 kickoffs. Um, of course, it's a common refrain throughout college football, people complaining about their kickoff times. Here in Oklahoma, it's the 11 a.m. kickoffs. Um, but uh, has how has BYU adjusted to that, knowing that sometimes you six days out before you find out what time you're kicking off, uh, it's not always the kickoff time you prefer. Have you guys sort of accepted that and, and just sort of adjusted to it pretty well? I think um, our fans have been fluid for decades. One of the things that started it for our fans was when we were in the, the WAC and in the Mountain West Conference, we would play. We had an ESPN contract and as independent, actually, where we, were, we would play anytime ESPN needed us. They needed us on that late hour, though, Barry. Being in the Mountain West time zone was a good time for um, you got the, the Mountain West and now you have ESPN has a wild card with BYU playing some big P5 teams as well as some really good group of five teams. And we played that late 8-15 kickoff a lot. We also played mid-week games when we were in the Wacken um, Mountain West Conference. So if we played on Thursday or Friday night, we felt like we were the only team on TV. So we took it because it was good exposure for us. So right now our fans are used to it. They don't, they're not going to like 10 a.m., but they'll come. They don't like 8.15, but that's kind of a tradition. And so this is just something, look at, we asked for this, Barry. When they put this league together, we asked for it. And when I say asked for it, we said, we will play. We, we, we put the um, UCF, Cincinnati, and West Virginia in with the big, you know, the mountain conference with us and now with Arizona's. So we wanted it and we got to make the best of it. And I'm not going to complain one second about it. We're playing on ESPN and Fox. That's what we wanted, and that's what we got. And our fans will be fine with it. You, you know, the one thing that struck me when I was talking to BYU people is just um, the perseverance and the patience and the sort of the desire to get into a power conference and finally had made it and looking so forward to it. And I know the season hasn't gone the way everyone would like it to. However, uh, have you been able to just sort of go through this season and just sort of paint yourself? You're playing at at a Kansas State or you're playing at, at Texas uh, in Austin. Uh, you're coming to Stillwater next week. Uh, and, then the, and then the teams, you beat Texas Tech in, in, uh, in Provo. Uh, just paint yourself and say, you know what? You know, we, we knew we were coming, but we're finally here. You know, that it, it's really kind of the altruistic way to look at it. <laughs> but like, even for me, I, I get it. I've been in football forever. I mean, from the time I was uh, 10 years old, I've been playing on a football team or coaching a football team or the AD of a football team. So I get football. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little edgy that we're not as good as we should be right now. But I'm also very realistic about what it means. I coached in the Pac-12. It was the Pac-10 back in those days at Stanford in California. And I know 
And I think our fans are beginning to realize that every game, you might win the game, but it's going to be a physical battle royal every game you play. Even if you win by three touchdowns, the other team's going to give you, you know, a little bit to handle. So our fans, I think there's a little bit of a honeymoon period, but I think it's already wearing off and we're not to the end of the season yet. Um, and that's good. I like the fact that, like, here's one, one of the things last week at halftime, we did not, it was the worst game we played in a long time, worst half. And when our team ran off the field, they got booed by our fans. That does not happen very much in Provo. And But what I said to people was, they were there booing us, and they stayed for the rest of the game. At least they didn't leave. Now, a lot left in the fourth quarter, but our fans are pretty resilient. We've had a couple down years through the history of BYU, but we've had more up years, and I think their memory is long enough to realize it ain't easy winning football games at any level, Pop Warner, high school, college, NFL. You look at the NFL, and I'm looking at the standings, seeing some teams that have not won very many games. That's the NFL, and they're dealing with some of the same issues that we are. We, one of the things that we need, Barry, is we need depth, and it's not a, it's not a surprise. This is no revelation to BYU that, hey, we're not deep enough. That was one of the things that we knew, like getting into this league, our recruiting profile has changed, and we've been able to you know, rise our, raise our level of players that we've been able to get after, but we're going to need deep more. We're going to need more. Those last couple of weeks, you know, we're playing with some guys that at the start of the season, you would not expect that they'd be in the game, let alone starting the game. And so we're going to have to fight through that and grit our teeth and struggle until we get to the point where we're ready for prime time. It's been about, I don't know, what are we at? We're about 26 months since uh, the announcement that BYU would join the Big 12. Um, since then, um, you've gotten some neighbors to join you. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, coming into the Big 12 next season. How much does that help BYU that, four other uh, geographically close um, schools. Historically, uh, most of them you have a historic uh, relationship with. How much does that help that BYU going forward is not going to be on an island uh, geographically in the Big 12? Yeah, I think there's a couple factors that you're going to be talking about, Barry. One is you know, y'all understand Bedlam. And it's a different name here in Utah, but this BYU-Utah thing is something else. And you'll see that firsthand now being in the league. And, and so will the fans. It's, it's, it's one of the great ones. But that's part of it. I, I like that. I like the fact that our rival is in our conference. We, we missed them. You know, it's just like I, I've been, I'm super sad that Oklahoma and Texas are going to miss. I mean, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are going to miss this game. It just it doesn't make sense. But it makes sense in this day and age. Five years ago, it wouldn't have made any sense. NIL, Transfer Portal, the, it, all the different realignment. But now people get it. But, I mean, the, the, the first time that we had to – Utah went into the Pac-12, we were independent, and they came to us and said, we're going to play Florida. We're going to play Michigan. And, and these are non-conference games, and we – can't play you in the years where we play Big 12, uh, Pac 12 
uh, Florida and BYU. And at that time, I said, I understand. There'll be a time when we won't, it won't be in our best interest as an independent. But that, those games are gone. Now we have these regions. We used to be in the whack with Arizona and Arizona State. There was a time when we were together. We've, I, I don't know if, if there was something in the olden days, if there was some conference. The, it wasn't the big sky, but something like that. Where It might have been Colorado and BYU. I'm not sure. But we've played Colorado in the past. Having these Western teams out there, I don't think it's a huge draw. It's, I'd, I'd rather be in the Big 12 without them than not be in the Big 12. The Big 12 is a huge thing. But I love the fact that we have some neighbors and some people that we have a history with that we'll be playing with. And it's going to help out, Barry, with some of the Olympic um, scheduling. You know, There'll be some type of a pod system um, of some sort for most of that. So a lot of the fans and some of our um, coaches and administrators and faculty members are complaining about certain aspects. We'll address that. And I think the regional teams will be an advantage to us. You mentioned the Olympic sports. You guys have a, a BYU proud tradition of success in a lot of, in a lot of sports, volleyball particularly, but uh, softball has been very good. Um, uh, basketball has a proud tradition. How do you see your Olympic sports, uh, your non-football sports fitting into the Big 12? And how successful can you be? And are the challenges the football team is currently going, are those going to be the same kinds of challenges your Olympic sports will face? Yeah, I think you're right. We, we, they have this uh, Director's Cup, which is some kind of a measure of how your overall athletic department um, produces. And we, we, we like that. We, we call ourselves a broad-based athletic department. We put a lot of energy, effort, and resources into our Olympic teams. Um, make no mistake about it, football's the king, basketball's second, and the rest of the Olympic sports, they're not at the bottom. We feel like we want to treat those student-athletes with all respect, and we give them a lot. Look, they're not getting what football and basketball are getting, and everybody in the world knows that. But we give them a lot more than a lot of other schools do. So I'm going to say this. I've been working with them for a year and a half, the Olympic sports and football and basketball, saying we're going to come into the Big 12. We're going to get punched right in the face. We're going to get our nose bloodied up. It might be a little crooked. We're going to have to take a knee. And then we're going to catch our breath. And we're going to stand up and keep fighting. And that's where we are in football right now. We've been bloodied. I'm going to say volleyball and soccer, you know, we're, we're number one seed in um, soccer for this tournament. We're, we'll be, we're a top 10 team in volleyball right now, but it's been harder. We didn't win either one of the conference championships in the Big 12, even though we're super competitive on a national level. So our Olympic teams in the fall that are good, we, we are used to winning cross country and Oklahoma State won the men's and women's title in the cross-country Big 12. So, and we came in second on both shots. We're used to winning the WCC. We asked for that, Barry. I've said all along, I want to be in the Big 12, not for the money, but for our kids, that they can play great competition week in and week out. I want our kids, and they want it too, to be measured against the best. And you can't be the best unless you play the best. And we saw that where we'd play 
Look, I have great respect for the West Coast Conference. They were super partners for us and did us a great deal by being able to allow us to go independent and play in their conference. But this this Autonomy 5 League, the Big 12, this is real. This is a real deal. And this is where we want to be. And we're going to have to fight day and night, every team, every game, especially on the road, to earn the respect that we really haven't earned yet. Before we go, I'd like to transition a little bit, not to away from BYU and to Tom Homo, um, oh boy. the man. A um, couple things. One, I don't know that people uh, recognize your football pedigree. Uh, you played, I think, it's seven seasons with the uh, with the great Forty ers We're talking about the nineteen eighties Forty ers and uh, the Bill Walsh and then George Seifert Forty uh, ers of Montana and Rice and that crew. How did that shape you? as a football man, to be not just in the NFL, but on such an historically successful and fat, proud franchise? Barry, it changed my life forever. I mean, like it didn't just shape my football life. It changed my life. Um, I think that one of the things that people that have had opportunities to play on such teams, whether it's the Oklahoma Sooners of uh, Barry Switzer or uh, teams of late, um, I'm going to say well, there's something about those teams that it, it does the games like, here. it's been a long time since the 80s, but I think about my teammates almost every day in this job that I have. There's not a day that goes by where I don't think about the lessons that I learned, not about, you know, cover three or blitzing or covering Peyton coming out of the backfield. But like, what did I learn there? What did I, how did I grow? How did I develop? And like, I'm passing on those lessons that I learned from Bill Walsh. It wasn't about X's and O's. I'm not really sharing X's and O's with them. I'm talking about the things that he did off the field. Like one in particular, he was the one that started the minority fellowship program in the NFL. There were no black coaches that were coming to pro football. There were just, they, they were, they, nobody knew who they were. They didn't have any development. And Bill started it with Jerry Rice and brought his coaches in. And now if you look back from Bill's first day when Jerry was a rookie till now, you have hundreds of coaches that have gone, thousands of coaches have gone through it, hundreds that have gotten big-time college jobs and NFL jobs. That's something that people don't talk about Bill Walsh, but just that kind of a, an, a, a social response was happened every day in that building. It happened every day. I could write a book on the, the 20 lessons that I learned from Bill Walsh, and one of them, not one of them would have anything to do with football. So you asked me, and I'd say that's the difference. And lastly, uh, our good friend John McBride shared with me a uh, a really cool photo a couple of weeks. It, it, sound, it appears that the Brigham Young Athletic Director has a great tradition <laughs> of dressing up on Halloween, which a lot of people do, but I don't know that anybody can uh, can match you. Uh, Lord Voldemort was your uh, was your costume this year. You looked fantastic. You're, you're straight off of uh, Lord of the Rings. A uh, couple things. Why do you do that? Uh, why do you uh, exotic costumes on Halloween 
And uh, what are some of your favorites over the years? Well, I do it. I'm going to give you a little big backstory. So about maybe 12 years ago, our soccer team always dresses as a group in some type of a theme. So I was out there practice one night and they said, Tom, what are you going to do for Halloween tomorrow? And I'm like, I'm not dressing up. And they said, you're not dressing up. We always dress up. So I, that night I threw something crappy together. I think I was like Justin Bieber. And I show up the next day and they mocked me and harassed me. And I said, that's it. Game on. I'm a little competitive, Barry. And so that's where it started. And then from there, that first year, they were impressed. And they were like, whoa, you got a little game. And then it, what it did is I noticed that first year that it kind of helped me establish connections with a lot of people, not only in the athletic department, especially the student athletes, but on campus. And so each and every year, I kind of look at it as a way to connect. And like, I never anticipated it would turn into what it is, but it's, it's, I love connections. And you know, Barry, that this, in this, in, look at your, your uh, job, how long you've been doing this, Barry? 43 years. Look at all the connections that you have. And, you know, the, the articles don't really mean that much, even though they've been legendary, but the people that were in those articles, that's what means the most to you. I don't wear Super Bowl rings because the rings you know, it's not about the rings. It's about the people that won those rings for you. And um, I just I just love my teammates so much and that opportunity. I want that to come out in our people here. I want to share the things that I've learned about connections and people and and not necessarily about it can't it can't always be about winning, especially in this day and age with these kids and the issues that they're facing these days. Man, I love to win. But if that's all there is, these kids, they don't do it. Well, Tom, this has been fantastic. Uh, we appreciate you giving us some time. Talk a little bit about Brigham Young and uh, a lot of Sooner fans headed out there. You know, I can speak from personal experience, great hospitality in Provo, Utah. We'll be seeing you soon, and we'll try to blow those storms over the mountains for you. Hey, thanks a lot. Tom Homo, the Director of Brigham Young Athletics. Fantastic uh, stuff. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time hearing or watching the show, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please read a review. And remember, you can read me every day at barrytrammell.com, part of the Sellout Crowd network, uh, across social media, and everywhere uh, in the state of Oklahoma. We'll talk to you next week.